This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. And you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. So uh, we are now going to talk about the makeup of the new government, but more specifically, the stability uh, of it and what's required to get there. Because what we know now is that the new government of Prime Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim is going to consist of Pakatan Harapan, Barisan National, Gabungan Parti Sarawak, and Gabungan Rakyat Sabah. Uh, so that now means that there is a two-thirds majority in the Day One Rakyat. But... Um, all we know of what has actually transpired is the 10-point agreement uh, that was released from a discussion between Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National. Now, whether that 10-point agreement is a formalised one um, or what exactly it will encompass now that more parties are in the mix is, is a question that needs to be answered. So doing that with us is Alyssa Rode, Research Manager for the Public Finance Unit at Ideas. We'd like to hear from you as well, though. What terms would you like to see drawn up between the various parties here? And um, maybe more pointedly, what terms are you worried about? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, in the meantime, Alyssa, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Hi, good evening, Lynn. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah thanks for having me on. So uh, the Prime Minister has talked about forming uh, Kerajaan Perpaduan Malaysia. As, as I mentioned earlier, it's PHBN, GPS and GRS. He didn't dismiss, though, the notion of other parties joining them. Uh, we've had a lot of opinions expressed on the show about the relative stability and efficiency of a unity government, with some people being for it, others not. Um, what's your take? What potential does it have in terms of long-term political collaboration? All right. So um, I think... Today, uh, we've already seen statements from uh, PN and PAS conceding uh, to the unity government. And uh, at least uh, Mohidin has uh, made a statement that they will function as check and balance and appears that they are uh, taking up the role of opposition now. Uh, I think uh, what we see, there are many, too many factors to, and it's too early to make a call on uh, stability. Uh, just broadly, I think there's a sense of safety in numbers that now there's a unity government with uh, several parties in and more than just uh, the slim majority that's given by uh, PH and BN uh, together. But uh, there is also complexity. Uh, moving forward then, in terms of dynamics, uh, what we might see is that for bills and policy to even hit the table at parliament, um, a lot of negotiation would have had to happen internally across the parties. Uh, and uh, I think the concern that uh, we would have is uh, for transparency. And that's why the call is for, uh, you know, more than just all the individual manifestos, but uh, what are the terms that uh, this unity government is going to be founded on uh, in terms of uh, not just the rules of engagement, which is what the 10-point agreement is, it's just rules for, you know, uh, how will we be in partnership together? Who is going to be consulted on what, how will the appointments be made? But uh, I think what we want to see right now is a uh, transparent agreement uh, between the parties uh, and eliminating horse trading or under the table deals, uh, you know, to negotiate uh, things. So uh, much more policy based 
negotiation. And this is really where um, the role of parliament needs to be strengthened uh, and select committees will be very important moving forward. So, uh, you know, the parties taking it uh, seriously, uh, PSCs as a platform where mature multipartisan brokering uh, that is policy-based uh, can happen. Yeah, and it's transparent, you know, it's recorded, uh, it should be put up on the handsets and people can see, you know, this is what uh, your party that uh, you have voted in or your MP that you have voted in uh, has put on the table uh, in terms of policy uh, negotiations. If we look to the very recent past for this, uh, in 2021, an MOU was signed between Pakatan Harapan and the federal government at the time. Uh, 15 out of 18 pledges in the MOU were then successfully implemented. So I guess two questions here. Firstly, the agreement that you were just talking about, the, the one that hopefully will be transparent and clear, would it take the form of, um, would it mimic the form of the MOU? And secondly, what were some of the key strengths of the MOU arrangement that we can learn? Um, I think the MOU was, it's essentially a confidence and supply agreement, right? That uh, the government, uh, if it's a minority government, uh, would not uh, uh, fall, that there would be uh, support even from an opposition party as long as certain terms and conditions are met. Uh, actually, whether or not uh, this current uh, set of uh, parties in the unity government come up with uh, an MOU. Uh, again, coming back to the transparency of uh, the policy and lawmaking process, uh, that that really needs to happen. Uh, it may be uh, too much to come up with a detailed uh, MOU given the number of parties that are forming the unity government now and uh, the uh, cross like uh, politics like inter-party and, you know, um, the East Malaysia, uh, Borneo Bloc and uh, West Malaysia parties. Uh, so we might not see something coming out uh, very soon, uh, but definitely by the next uh, session of parliament, we hope that uh, there is transparency in terms of the appointment process for cabinet, uh, appointments uh, that... Uh, will likely be made uh, for leadership in positions in the GLCs and agencies. One of the elements in the 10-point agreement uh, between Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National was that this government would have a full term and that parliament would not be dissolved prematurely. Now, this is um, a question that came in from a listener yesterday, Chorwa, I believe, uh, who wanted to know whether this is something that can actually be enforced. Yes, that's an interesting question. Um, I think through the anti-party hopping law, uh, we've seen the success of that in, in the sense that uh, we've had, we have a very hung parliament, which is very unprecedented. And, uh, you know, there were attempts to, uh, split the vote, uh, in, uh, BN, which was the, the party that, uh, essentially ended up in the kingmaker role. Uh, and they were, forced to vote as a bloc because uh, the anti-party hopping laws in place and they also had their internal uh, disciplinary uh, rules to ensure that the party votes as a bloc or else MPs might lose their seat and then uh, you know trigger a, a by-election. So, so uh, that discipline uh, may have uh, contributed to 
the uh, allowing the formation of government uh, to happen, uh, or at least to have some clarity on that. Um, and it's it's here where um, there's accountability to the vote. So the rakyat should remember and monitor the basis of uh, this 10-point agreement. Uh, you know, BN has already been severely punished for, uh, you know, the perception it contributed to instability and pushing for an early election. Uh, and now having found a place in uh, the unity government, it would be against their interest to pull out again uh, so early, for example. So uh, at least on, on that side, uh, I think, you know, there's no law to enforce an agreement like that between the two parties, but there are definitely uh, carrots and sticks, you know, uh, having a chance, a five-year time frame to regain the confidence of voters, uh, for example, would, would be a strong incentive not to uh, destabilize again. Having said that, uh, this is a coalition of coalition. There are a lot of different interests at play. What issues do you anticipate there to be in working towards stable political collaboration and you know, how could this be managed? Um, in terms of uh, issues, well, there would be plenty of issues, again, because you know everyone has a different set of priorities and is coming up with uh, the common priorities and uh, which gets pushed up uh, faster. So you might slow down uh, certain things, um, but at the same time, uh, it's right now when there's a lot of uh, different parties that it's important to push for uh, political reforms uh, at a time when parties do not know which side of the line they will be on five years from now. So there's an incentive to create laws that are equitable to uh, government and opposition sides uh, that stabilize the political process. Uh, on the side of uh, ideas, we would be looking to prioritize uh, you know, the political financing bill that has been stalled uh, and that was uh, promised uh, just before uh, the parliament uh, dissolve uh, to also help to stabilize uh, the process and bring more transparency uh, to financing in parties. Yeah. Some of the buzzwords that people have been using in terms of what they hope this administration will be, uh, lean, efficient, no waste. What would you like to see, especially in terms of how the cabinet is set up, um, but also with appointed positions in GLCs and so on? Yeah, we would definitely uh, want to see a trimming down of uh, cabinet uh, and that has been uh, recommended and there are uh, several politicians also I think already uh, calling for it uh, you know um, uh, Prime Minister Anwar has already made a, a good step in terms of uh, you know keeping to his uh, promise that he will not take a, a salary so that's a sy symbolic uh, move there that uh, hopefully will also be followed up with uh, the way the cabinet is formed up and uh, the in terms of uh, uh, GLC um, having appointments that are based on uh, professional criteria as opposed to political appointments. Of course, the reality is that uh, the more parties you have, uh, the more expectations there are to uh, you know show, give out uh, positions uh, as uh, in order to show up. Uh, support or just as a show of, uh, you know, political, that you are dividing the political power up well. 
So system, in terms of uh, the system, we really need to see a law that uh, sets the criteria and the process for appointments uh, so that uh, we have less of these uh, politically uh, affiliated appointments. Ideas does collect this data on pantaukwasa.com uh, and we can really see that because, uh, you know, from the BNX, uh, from the BN administration, you had 233 political appointments in nine years. Uh, in PH, 72 political appointments in the 22 months. And then in PN, it was 139 political appointments. And finally, uh, under Ismail Sabri's administration, it went all the way up to 234 uh, appointments in 15 months in public office. And these are all like, uh, we track that they are politically affiliated persons. So we really want to see uh, that number coming down the next time we update the data on our website. Alyssa, uh, 30 seconds left. What policies would you like to see in place really to signal that clean governance is a priority? Uh, once the Political uh, Financing uh, Act, uh, we hope that it really comes in. Uh, two, definitely the separation of the uh, Attorney General and Public Prosecutor's Office. Uh, and three, a uh, Fiscal Responsibility Act that puts uh, certain fiscal rules to the front, as well as uh, rules on uh, procurement and, and uh, yeah, fiscal consolidation. Alyssa, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thank you, Lynn. That was Alyssa Rode, Research Manager for the Public Finance Unit at IDEAS, discussing uh, what kind of agreement we need to see in the government in order to ensure stability as well as transparency. We do have to head to the news. Keep those thoughts coming. We'll be back after this. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.